Welcome to Cold Water Podcast. I'm Nicola Halton. We all know the importance of getting out there and doing a great work for Jesus. In this podcast, we will learn more about the people who are involved in changing lives for good, for God. I would like to welcome Dr. Cecil Stewart, OBE, to the Cold Water Podcast. Hello, Dr. Cecil. Good morning. Good morning. I think a good place to start would be with your testimony. Where are you from and when did your journey with the Lord start? Right. Well, uh, as you probably know, I'm now in Belfast area, but I was born in the Republic of Ireland, Monaghan, uh, on a farm near Monaghan. And uh, my journey with the Lord started very early in life. Uh, I, my decision card says 1954, uh, but uh, I think I probably came to the Lord a little before that. Uh, however, it was very early in life, so I um, was privileged being the youngest of nine of a family seven boys and two girls, to have heard the gospel mainly through my mother because I was brought up in a church which did not preach salvation. It was a a very ritualistic church where, uh, like, you know, Church of Ireland. uh, There are, of course, some very good Church of Ireland where they preach salvation and and, uh, the gospel. But this particular one that we were part of in our area, there was no real presentation of salvation. Yeah. And uh, the minister told my mother, you don't need any of these other preachers. Uh, join your church and that's all you need. But she'd had an encounter with the Lord herself. Mm-hmm. And, she, and she knew that each and every one of us need a relationship with the Lord. And uh, that is what changed my life. That's amazing. She sounds a wonderful, wonderful woman. And you've gone on from strength to strength with, with that faith. Well, we had many, many challenges. Uh, in my earlier years, um, I used to cycle to prayer meetings with my brother, yes. my brother Herbie, and he, he would have taken me to different prayer meetings. I was quite a lot younger than him. And uh, I was touched greatly in prayer meetings and farmhouses. And uh, it was through the prayer meeting in the farmhouse that I had a real divine encounter with the Holy Spirit. And later I received the baptism. (coughs) Excuse me. And uh, that was a tremendous change. Uh, Then our first crusade was in my hometown of Monaghan in a big tent. Mm -hmm. And uh, I then, at that point, been living in Belfast and I was in the motor business. Yeah. But I, I had a heart to reach out to different communities, and that was the very first uh, outreach which happened in a big tent near Monaghan. Right. And uh, that was in 1965. Yes. And uh, it was such an, an awakening of the Holy Spirit that it was to be 3rd to 10th of August, but it went for three whole weeks every night. Wow. And hundreds of people queued in that tent uh, every single night 
many been touched, saved, healed, filled with the Holy Spirit, transformed, and it was an awakening. I didn't realize how powerful it was until, you know, we saw the results and saw what was happening. Yes. And uh, so I had said to the Lord before I ever went there, if you make this crusade something like I've never known, then I'll take it that you want me to let my motor business go and free myself up to uh, minister and travel. So that was really confirmation of that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but after that, there was a a major attack of the enemy. And of course, the enemy always comes against us. Yes. Whenever we're embarking on a new journey of obedience and dedication for the kingdom. Yeah. And so in 1966, I was uh, taken ill, very ill, with first with bronchitis and then with tuberculosis. Right. And uh, I was very anxious, and it came to a point where I was very depressed. And the TB was affecting me very bad. I had pain. I was also told to isolate from uh, my work, and I'd have to go to the sanatorium for six months at least. Right. And uh, that was at a crucial time in my life because Evelyn, who was a nurse, uh, had just qualified. She was my girlfriend then. Mm-hmm. But we were planning to get married the next year in September 67. Yeah. But we were both ill. She took ill also. Uh, having just completed her exams and been given the all clear for to receive her certificate for registered nurse. Uh, she was over the moon and delighted. But we were both hit within a matter of months with the same attack. And hers was very, very serious because right. it was Hodgkin's disease, a type of cancer that lands and they told her uh, we cannot we cannot do anything for you. We will give you uh, chemotherapy and radio, radium and different other treatments. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the textbook and find out that most people with this particular kind of disease died within two years. Right. And so on the edge of our wedding plans, uh, we were advised not to even consider that at all. And Evelyn was not expected to live Mm-hmm. I was also suffering with the TB, still depressed. Uh, but a man came all the way from England <laughs> yeah. to, to me, uh, Arthur Burt, you might have heard of him many years ago. Right. Uh, anyway, he, he came and prayed for me. And uh, he said, I've come to tell you that your life's not over, because I thought I was finished. Yeah. And he says, your life's not over because... He said, God has a call for you, and you're going to travel and win many people. So that gave me a tremendous lift. Then I was reminded of Psalm 40. Uh, David said, I was down in a horrible pit. Mm-hmm. But he said, he, I cried to the Lord in the depths of that despair. And it, he said, he brought me up also out of a horrible pit and out of the miry clay. He's put a new song in my mouth, even praises to the Lord. And many shall see it and 
trust in the Lord. You know Psalm 40. Yes. Well, that was a marvelous, marvelous transformation. It wasn't an instant freedom because I still had the pain in my lung. Mm -hmm. I was still told to go to the sanatorium, but I felt so much lifted in my spirit. I, I told them, no, I, I'm not going to the sanatorium. I'm going to be okay. Yeah. So I went, I went and spent some time with my sister. And uh, to cut a long story short, inside a few, well, about two to three months, I was totally clear of the TB. I went for a test to the local clinic, uh, government-owned clinic, and they checked my lung and x-rayed me and said, well, the TB is no longer active. The scar is still on your lung, but the TB is no longer active. Mm -hmm. And so that was a first big step uh, back to health. And uh, Evelyn at this time was going through her treatment. She was devastated. Anyway, to take time to tell it all too long, but the uh, end of the story is that I was set free and depression lifted over a period of weeks and months. And Evelyn, uh, with others, we got together and prayed, and uh, she was healed. Wow. And uh, they, they couldn't believe, it went on for quite a while, actually. Yeah. Uh, we went ahead with the wedding, mm -hmm. but they told her it would come back again. Yes. And uh, they wouldn't give her any hope. Mm -hmm. uh, even the specialist later on, in years later, it did, when it did return, he told he told um, me that her days were numbered. Uh, but anyway, we had a prayer meeting with friends, and the power of the Holy Spirit came upon her, wow. and the healing virtue of Jesus flowed through her, and the growth in her throat, which she'd had for, I think she had not been able to eat or drink for about close to three weeks, Right. she was desperately ill. Mm -hmm. uh, but anyway, we came back home after that prayer meeting and uh, found that her, her throat, the lump was gone and she was able to have a normal breakfast and the specialists couldn't understand it. Yeah. They kept bringing her back every week and then every month and up and on for years Mm -hmm. And all trace of cancer was gone totally from her body. Yeah. And after all these years, we, as you know, we've traveled probably, you do know, in Africa. Yeah. Ministered in mm -hmm. places like Romania, Italy. Uh, earlier than that, I, I ministered in Germany and Sweden yeah. uh, and on and on. And yeah. Places like, um, what do you call it? <laughs> Brussels. Yes. Brussels, yeah. Uh, so, and and we still minister today, uh, although with the lockdown, yes, uh, it's restricted us a lot. Yes, yes. So well, I, I'll stop and have you. No, I, it's fine. You, that's absolutely, um, and it's an amazing testimony. Um, and you have ministered to me on lockdown because uh, I've been watching you. Um, oh. so yes, yeah, so you know, um, I've I've seen you on 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 uh, on Facebook. So you know, you you're still ministering. Mm -hmm. And you know, and um, I have I've done some research, and I, I know that you 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 ran you had successful companies. Um, how has being a Christian helped you with the the industry that you've been in? 
And would you like to talk about that? You know. Sorry, could you repeat that? Yeah, yeah. Um, has God helped you in your industry? Oh my goodness, my goodness! Help is is is, a, is an understatement. God has yes. been everything to me. Uh, we we later started the nursing homes, Evelyn, and me back in 1968. Yes. And uh, and. You know, people asked me for years in Africa and different places, how can you be a man of God and be in business? And I said, well, I couldn't tell you anything much about that except to say, God has anointed me to minister and preach and also blessed me yeah. in the business world. And we have developed or became the largest nursing home groups privately owned in the UK. Yeah. And... Uh, and God has guided us and led us in terms of even how to f find the right sites and uh, even appointing key people uh, to, to new new positions when we developed yeah. the various homes uh, over over a thirty year period. So God's guidance is absolutely crucial in every area of our lives, whether it's um, personal family life or whether it's mm -hmm our own decisions about ministry, yeah. our business. God is, he is the maker of all things and he is Lord of all. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. And we've got Proverbs 31 to prove that. Um, the Proverbs 31 wife uh, is, is uh, you know, she's quite lucrative, isn't she? You know, she, uh, and it's, God wants us to be successful. He breathes into us that our days are to be successful, um, you know, for him, for his glory. So that is absolutely wonderful that you've, you've done this. And um, what, what aspects of being an evangelist have you enjoyed the most? Well, I, I, love, I love the Crusades, of course, and one of the great, uh, I suppose, adventures of it all is knowing that the Holy Spirit's with us, that the word of the Lord's alive, that when we get on that platform, whether it's in Africa or locally or wherever it is, whether it's to thousands or a small group, uh, one thing you know when you're speaking under the anointing, that that word is going to change lives, that the seed of that word will bring light. And, and the, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. And so to see people responding and coming to salvation, that is fantastic. That is yeah. the most fulfilling thing you can ever do in life. It's when you're scattering the seed of the word and you see people responding to the word and being set free. And not only salvation, but seeing people filled with the Holy Spirit and people filled and healed from diseases, depression, anxiety, and seeing the works of the devil broken off people's lives and families reconciled, that's all part of the gospel. It is. And how do you find preaching the, in the UK as opposed to preaching somewhere like Africa? What's the difference do you find in, in, in our response? Uh, sorry. The difference, no, it's the difference in response that we have in the UK to Africa, for instance, uh, oh, uh, our uh, attitude uh, uh, to the it, gospel. It is, it is completely different. I mean, uh, when we first went to Africa, uh, we were asked to go to Nairobi 
and uh, we were absolutely amazed because uh, the hunger, well, we'd been broadcasting on television there for years, yeah. and uh, the hunger of the African people for the word was amazing. And uh, the response was amazing because when you preach, for example, in the, in the big crusades and you pour your heart out and pour, you know, messages like the light of life, Jesus is the light of life. And uh, when people hear that and hear the word and the testimonies, uh, they immediately run to the front. You may have seen some of the footage. Yeah. Yes. They, they run. They don't have to be coaxed. Mm-hmm. And they, they receive healing very easily, and they respond to the Holy Spirit, of course. Many of these people in countries of Africa have suffered with demonic depression, have yeah. sometimes been under curses and been mixed up in the occult. Mm-hmm. And so when they see the deliverance that Jesus brings, uh, they are absolutely 100%. Yes. So yes, I love ministering where there's a great hunger, yeah. And a thirst, and we've gone through the many, many different countries like Uganda, Rwanda, uh, Ghana, and all over Africa. Uh, but wherever we've gone in Africa, especially, the response has been amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And uh, yeah. and the pastors' conferences as well, mm-hmm. where we would have several thousand leaders. Yeah. Uh, the pastors to see them encouraged. For example, one in. Uganda, a pastor who was leading a very large church, he came to me at the end of the meeting in in Kampala, and he said, I have been so blessed to be here. He said, but I'm I'm giving up the ministry. He said, I cannot take it anymore. He said, too many funerals, people dying from AIDS and Mm -hmm. uh, depression and and, uh, suicidal, the poverty. He says, I have so many funerals, I, I can't cope with it all. And he said, I'm, I'm giving up the ministry. And uh, I, I was totally shocked. So without even giving it much thought, I, I said out of my heart, uh, Pastor, why, why are you giving up? Because who, who was it that called you to the ministry? Yes. And he said, oh, the Lord definitely called me because I've seen such lives change. I said, well, did the Lord take away the call? I, I said, no. I said, well, then we're going to pray that you'll be given the strength and power. Mm-hmm. You will not be giving up the ministry. God is going to give you a renewal, and, and you're going to see greater things in the future. Uh, this is the work of the enemy. Yeah. And anyway, cut a long story short, we spent time with him, and he kept coming to the conferences, uh, which were in the morning, and then we'd have the crusades in the afternoon. Uh, But he told us a year later, uh, he said, I remember him running to the platform and saying, I'm not the same man as I was a year ago. I was going to give up, he said, but I'm a new man (laughs) and I'm better, I'm higher with the Lord than ever before. You needed batteries recharging. That's right. He needed needed to just uh, share the burden. Yes. And, uh, and to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So those kind of stories, are, then people like that, they go on to, to affect many, many others. Yes. And, uh, you know, we can tell you many stories, you know, like, like the one in uh, 
I think it was, um, what's the big city, David? Uh, not Mombasa. Yeah. Uh, Mombasa where, uh, you know, there was such strife between the leaders and uh, there was about 6,000 leaders had come together, but they'd never met like that before. Right. Uh, and uh, they were all surprised that the people who I'd been working with were surprised. Anyway, uh, the bishop said, I want to tell you before you come in to preach that we love to hate each other here. Uh, I said, well, that's a bit like Northern Ireland. Oh. Uh, I said, but God can change all that. He can. Uh, he he so, can. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I spoke uh, in Mombasa, I believe it was overcoming offense, and the Holy Spirit just flowed, and uh, yeah. it was amazing how, how the culture divide and the, the difference between the different tribes and uh, political differences, Yes, uh, all of that. And then at the end, I made an appeal, and the Holy Spirit just overruled the whole thing, and crowds of leaders rushed to the front Yes, who'd never been under, under the one roof before. Yes. And, and they repented and put things right and wept and went and reconciled with each other. Yes. And, uh, and there was a beginning of a revival in Mombasa. That's wonderful. Uh, because several months later, we were in Arusha in uh, um, Tanzania. And they came to tell us the transformation that had happened. Yeah. And, and they had started regular um, leaders' conferences every couple of months. And the Lord was moving in a mighty way. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm going close. I would, I would like you to close with, with an appeal, please, if that's okay. Sure. For anyone sure. Who, who doesn't know, know the Lord and... You've sure. got the perfect vocabulary for that, so thank you. Certainly, certainly. Thank you. All right. For anyone today who does not know Jesus, you've never really had an encounter with the Lord and known his power. You may not have assurance of salvation. I would invite you right now to say from your heart, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. I thank you that you died on the cross for me. You took all my guilt and all my sin. And I surrender to you today, acknowledging that you died and rose again, and you now are my Savior. I received the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank Amen. you. That was perfect. Thank you, Cecil. Well, God bless you. Yeah, well... I'll say bye-bye and, and hope to see you again. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And if you want to have, uh, let these be seen by your people. Yes. Change and choice. Yes. Uh, settling uncertainties. Yeah. And uh, d divine awareness. Yes. <laughs> uh, and anyway, well, you know, we have a website, CCN website. Thank you. Thank you. Good. Thank you, Dr. Cecil. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank God you. bless you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Cold Water Podcast. Please remember to subscribe and join next week.